Welcome back to Brush with Brit, a podcast brought to you by a dental hygienist, which is me. My name is Brit. I used to be a dental assistant, and now I am a full-time dental hygienist, and I also do a lot of work on social media and content creating. I'm so happy that you're here. For me, it's Wednesday, and I'm actually getting ready to go to work right now and creating this intro for this episode. And this week, we have a very special friend of mine who we met on Instagram, of course, which I feel like a lot of my connections happen through Instagram. Her name is Paola Brown, and she is a very good friend of mine, very just all-around good person, and she lights up a room, seriously. Her smile and her energy just lights up the entire room, and this week you will be hearing from her and her journey and also how she discusses perio with her patients. It's one of her most favorite things in dentistry is working with perio patients. So I feel like she's the perfect person to help give you guys some tips on presenting perio. And I also wanted to touch on before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to talk about recommendations for patients. So Over the past couple of days, I've been talking about different types of floss for patients on my Instagram, and I just want everybody to remember that not one recommendation is going to be perfect for every single patient. So in my opinion, it's good to have a variety of options that you can recommend. I'm not saying give your patient a thousand different recommendations, but I'm saying have it in your bag. Like know all the different benefits of different flosses, of different electric toothbrushes, of water picks. Have a variety of things that you can recommend because not one thing is going to be perfect for every patient. And one thing that was brought up to brought to my attention was electric toothbrushes. So we all know based off of research that electric toothbrushes have been proven to be better than manual toothbrushes. And while I do understand that, of course, I feel that it's important for us to remember as hygienists that not everyone can afford an electric toothbrush and not everybody can adapt to using one if they've used a manual toothbrush their whole life. And also, if we have a patient that has generalized health with a manual toothbrush, is it really necessary for us to go and tell that patient to go buy a $50 plus electric toothbrush? Just some things to think about. Um, I personally came across this with my own dad and my dad has used a manual toothbrush his entire life and you bet I got him the nicest electric toothbrush that you could possibly get right now and he absolutely hated it and wanted to use his manual toothbrush. And that was just a good reminder for me to remember that I need to have a recommendation for a manual toothbrush for patients that can't adapt to electric toothbrush, you know, or or can't afford an electric toothbrush. And I think that goes for all other things too. You may recommend one toothpaste, but if that toothpaste is $6 or $5 or more and the patient just cannot pay that much, then we need to have other recommendations that will work for those types of patients. Um, Like I said, just some things to think about. I was thinking about that a lot this weekend. Um, And yeah, I don't know. Tell me what you think. If you guys are listening to this, I would love to to hear some of your guys' thoughts. Um, I always love to have these discussions with hygienists. And another thing too is that it's just, it's okay to have different recommendations. I posted on my Instagram that 
I like to recommend cocoa floss, but my coworker, who is a hygienist that I went to school with, likes to recommend Dr. Tung's floss. So it's just a difference in preference, and that's okay. And the same thing with Oral B or Sonicare. You know, you don't have to be a hundred percent team Sonicare and and never looking at Oral B or the other way around. You know, a hundred percent Oral B and you never look at Sonicare and you you hate it and all that stuff. You're allowed to like both options. It's okay, guys. <laughs> so just a quick reminder. Anyway, I hope you guys have a fabulous Wednesday and I hope it's a pretty chill week. Um, this week I actually had Monday off and I'm off on Friday this week. So it's a three-day weekday for me and I'm super excited about it. I'm already ready for the weekend and it's Wednesday. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. And if you ever want to be on the podcast, please send me a DM or an email. Everything is brush with Brit. All right, guys, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Brush with Brit. Today, we are welcoming my good friend, Paola, from Instagram. We both met on Instagram. And Paola, I would like if you would just introduce yourself to everybody. Um, Tell us where you're located and maybe about how long you've been practicing as a hygienist. Okay, well, thank you very much, Brit, for having me in your podcast. I'm very happy to be here with you. Uh, my name is Paola. My Instagram handle is paola underscore rdh.15. Um, I am a dental hygienist in the state of New Jersey, and I've been practicing almost seven years. I love it. My friend from New Jersey. <laughs> and what got you into um, wanting to become a dental hygienist? You know, my story is so, I'm sure, different as many other people, many people that I know have like terrible experiences uh, going to the dentist. My experience was the total opposite. I always had good experience going to the dentist. I always had like nice compliments from the dentist. And and growing up, honestly, I wanted to become a model. (laughs) Just like Sofia Rivera. (laughs) Honestly. Um, But you know, my I was born and raised in Colombia, and my mom said to me, no, you can't be a model. You have to become a doctor. So then I was like, oh, a doctor. And I knew I didn't want to be in family medicine kind of doctor. So I said, oh, well, maybe I can be a dentist. So when I graduated high school, um, I went to college just to take some, do my undergrad in biology so I can go to dental school. But the first year I met my husband and I had my son, Matthew. <laughs> the very first year of college. So it was actually my husband who actually talked to me and said, well, you know, now having a son, financial is going to be an issue. How about if you become a hygienist, save some money, and then you can become a dentist after all. And then I remember like yesterday saying to him, what's a dental hygienist? Uh, he, he's like, the person who cleans teeth. I'm like, oh, that's not a dentist? And anyway, you know, it started from there. You know, then I decided to go to an associate, um, a community college, to take some classes so I can be in the program. And I recently just shared that uh, 
right away I applied to the program and I was put on the waiting list, which I, it didn't affect me at all because you can take those classes and you know that because you did the same thing. Um, I was taking those classes and as I was waiting for the next year to apply again, I was pretty much done with the classes. So the second year that I applied, that was the year that I got accepted into the program. So when I got accepted, I just have to only do dental hygiene classes, which I tell everyone to do. Yeah. Please do those <laughs> classes before, please. So you only concentrate in dental hygiene. Uh, so that's how it started. And, you know, now seven years being a dental hygienist, if you ask me, do I still want to become a dentist? And my answer is no. Mm. I love being a dental hygienist. I love how we have many opportunities to to do as you grow, you know. Yeah. And and this career is beautiful. Uh, I respect dentists. I, I think it's just not for me. Yeah. It's just not for me. Yeah, I agree. I think um, once once you become a hygienist, you really learn the differences be between preventative and restorative and you mm -hmm. really decide like which one you really like. And I think like for myself, I'm the same way. Like I love being a hygienist and just like you said, you know, I respect what dentists do and all of that, but hygiene is where I love to be. And I think, you know, where all hygienists really like to be once we get into it, we like fall in love with the education part of it and being able to build relationships with each and every patient and all of that. And um, going back to what you said about the community college part, um, so you did the two years of prereqs and then the two-year dental hygiene program the same the same way that I did, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's a total of four years, yeah. and you know, like I mentioned before, I did have my son at the time. He was now four, I believe, or maybe three. No, because I got accepted in two thousand thirteen, mm -hmm. so he was two years and something because he's like the end of December. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I had a little baby yeah. um, when I was in the program. So he was four when I graduated. Now I remember. Yeah. Oh my God, now <laughs> he's 11. <laughs> so you, you liked being able to do the prerequisite classes before the hygiene classes as far as like trade yeah. school versus like community college. Yes, and I, you know, a lot of people reach out to me and ask me how I did it. And I will 100% recommend to do the same thing because yeah. hygiene alone is a lot. Yes. You know, whether you are mom or not, yeah. it's just a lot. People have other responsibilities, whether you have a job, whether whatever it is, it's just a lot. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, and, you know, my um, college only accepts 30 students per year. So I always consider myself a good student, but... You know, I'm pretty sure there are older people that are obviously better than me. And it's only 30 students and there's like 600 that I that apply to the program. So what I tell everyone is like, apply the first thing, work on those prereqs. If you don't get accepted, do not get discouraged because you have this whole year to take these classes. Yeah. And you're not wasting time. By the time you get in, you're done. You're done with your prereqs. Yeah. How did you handle being a mom at the same time? Well, you know, I have to thank my husband, to be honest with you. I always say to whoever is to pursue this career, you have to have support, whether it's from a mom, your husband, 
your grandma, your neighbor, I don't know, but you need to have someone to support you, either financially, either emotionally. Um, so he was able to uh, change his shift and he was doing midnight. So he will mm -hmm. take care of our son while I go to college. Wow. How were your grades along the way? Because um, I, I mean, even for me, so I worked throughout hygiene school and I definitely did not get straight A's. Um, but how was it for you? For you? Oh, neither I was. Like, trust me, I was not the valedictorian in my class. <laughs> me, me neither. <laughs> and, you know, in my, in my college, I don't know if it was the same for you. You have to get a grade of 80 and above to pass. So if you get a 79, you didn't pass. And 80 for us was like a C. So even if I get a C, you know, I was happy that I passed. Yeah. So yes, at the beginning, I feel like we all want to get those straight A's, you know, the first semester, maybe the second semester. Once you get into clinic, you forget about that. Mm -hmm. You just want to pass. <laughs> yeah. Because at least you know that you know 80% of what they're teaching you. Yeah. So don't, you know, whoever is listening, do not worry about if you get a C, which is an 80. At least you know 80% of what you need to know. You know, nobody's going to ask, what was your grace when you graduate? Yeah. Trust me, they do not. They ask you for experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the only people that ask are people that follow us on Instagram or message us on Facebook or whatever it is. I feel like those are the only people that ask. But in like real, in like the real like clinic work, your doctors, your employees, like they're not, they're not asking you what your grades were. How was um, clinic for you? Did, did you have things that you struggled with in clinic? Clinic was actually my favorite. Um, I struggled a lot. Uh, also in my recent post that it's on my Instagram, I shared that I didn't have any dental experience. So whoever that wants to be a hygienist and think, oh, that you have to be an assistant. No, you do not. Um, it is an advantage, I believe, in your first semester because they're teaching you the basics. And I tell everyone they're teaching you another language. So if you ask me, I am trilingual. I speak barely English, Spanish, and of course, dental. <laughs> <laughs> so I do speak three languages, and I'm very proud. So I think that was... Um, uh, the struggle for me, since I didn't have that dental experience, I didn't know teeth had numbers. I didn't even know teeth had names. That was my biggest struggle. Um, and I remember for one of my professors, she actually said to me, you have to buy this book. And I wish I have it with me so I can give it to you and I tell everyone, uh, but I can look for it. And this is a book that she just told me to buy off of Amazon. And in addition to whatever material we had, she said, buy this book, you're going to get better, to not worry. And it did. And that book helped me so much. Uh, so I think that was the struggle, um, you know, terminology at the beginning. Um, I had really nice friends in school. Most of my friends were assistants, so they knew what they were talking about. Um, and, you know, before that, I was one of those persons who liked to study by myself. That changed the whole game. Now, you know, now I'm not like two people, three people. And the more you are with someone else that had more experience, it's going to help you too. 
and I think that's what helped me. So my friends helped me. And once you get into cleaning was honestly was my favorite because now that you know this terminology, now that you pass the hard test, for me, that was the hard test. Um, I'm more of like, I learned more of like touching things and like practicing things. You know, I'm more like visual, not really like, if yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, you're like, like hands-on. I know you're talking about the mirror, but let me see the mirror. Yeah. Let me touch the mirror. Mm-hmm. What does the mirror do? You know? Um, so cleaning was my favorite. Yeah. And I, you know, we had like several competencies, uh, you know, for the instruments and this and that. And I never got nervous. I I never did. Wow. <laughs> that's yeah. impressive. Because I, I feel that that's how I learned. Yeah. You know? And what's the worst thing that can happen? You're there to learn. Yeah. Yep, 100%. And no one is going to judge you because you're there to learn. So if you made a mistake, then, you know, the professor is going to come and say, this is not how you do it. You hold it this way, you know? And I remember like yesterday, and I wish um, you listeners can see you. I mean, can see me or us, I should say. I'm trying to get a pen. Um, <laughs> I have to say how I hold my pen. Thank you, handsome my camera. Uh, how I hold my pen is this way. So basically, I put the pen in between my index and my middle finger. People can just picture it. And I remember learning about the instrument, and they were like, "Yeah, it's just the way you hold the pen." And I literally hold the instrument this way. You should see my yeah. professor's face. <laughs> They're like, "What? No, 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 not like that." <laughs> yeah, to that. Uh, the regular way to hold the pen, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I think what I struggled was um, terminology. Okay. Clinic is fun. Have fun. It's okay if you make a mistake. Yeah. They're watching you. <laughs> and and as we spoke earlier, you've you've kind of fallen in love with one specific thing in dental hygiene being perio. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that so that everybody listening can learn from you and your advice on how to explain it maybe or some things that you like to cover with your patients with perio and how you go about that conversation. Yes. So I do work for two different offices. Uh, one of the offices that I work is um, it's a, a specialty office. So we have many doctors. We have many general dentists. We have a periodontist. We have an endodontist. We have a prosthodontist. We also have oral surgeons. I mean, we have it all except ortho. We do not do ortho. Uh, and so we do have a lot of patients that come in. A lot of these patients where I work, um, they do don't have any insurance or you know and even if they do have insurance they probably haven't been in the dentist for a long time so i think it has to do with the area that you're in and i i would say i'm lucky to be in that area because i get to see a lot of patients that do need a deep cleaning and these patients come and they oh i'm here for the cleaning Okay, but what kind of cleaning? Okay, I know you're here for a cleaning, but let me talk to you first. You know, you start, you know, with the perisharding. And I'm going to be honest with you, I hated it with a passion. I hated it to do the perisharding. But you have to do it. 
you have to take the time to do that period shorting because the teeth, the gums will look one way, but once you put that probe, it's different. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how they look. They can look healthy, but you have to probe your patients. So that's my number one tip. You have to probe the patients, even though it's obvious that they need it. And sometimes it's not obvious. So that's why you have to probe. Okay. So that's my number one tip. Now, how are we going to talk to patients? You know, uh, uh, patients, you have to talk to patients, not in dental terminology, of course, so they can understand. You have to tell them why do they need a deep cleaning instead of a regular cleaning. You have to start with the difference, okay? So I try to keep it basic. I say, okay, a regular cleaning, we're going to clean anything above the gum line. A deep cleaning, we're going to clean above and below the gum line. So they understand the difference. And in order for me to do that, I have to give you a local anesthesia. Uh, so yes, I, I, my class graduated with the local anesthesia. Um, I think many states now do, yeah. uh, but I know some of the states uh, hygienists have to get a separate or they don't include it in the program. Um, my program was included. Um, so, you know, a lot of people think, oh, it's a financial issue. Right, because now we're not talking about a hundred and twenty-five dollar cleaning. We're talking about a eight hundred dollar cleaning, right? So you know, for these patients, you really have to tell them that they're gonna be paying more money down the road if they don't do the basic. Now, this is the most preventative thing that they can do. So you know, this is like a non-surgical, non-surgical procedure right? If you don't do anything, it's going to become a surgical procedure. And now you're going to be paying more money and your health is not even going to be the same. Um, so, you know, for people that do struggle with financial, we have many things that we can offer. We can offer care credit. You know, I had a patient that said, I'm sorry, Paul, but I cannot do two quadrants at a time. I said, okay, let's do one. But let's begin with something, okay? Let's do one. If you can come back in two or three weeks for the other one, let's do the other one. But the main thing is that you have to get it done. So, you know, it's just you have to work with the patient. You have to be able to have them to trust you, why they need them. Because, you you know, patients say, oh, the doctor just wants to make money. And I say, I am the hygienist. And they will be making a lot of money if you don't get this procedure. Yes. They will be making more money. So let's do the preventative stuff. You know, you only have to come and see me. You don't want to see the doctor. You don't have to. But that's how you save money. I love you it. Know? That's so good. I mean, I feel like right now, too, I've been seeing a lot of patients that um, haven't gone to the dentist because of COVID. And so now they come in and, you know, they have periodontal disease and they need SRP and they're saying, I never had gum issues before and I've been using my water pick and we have to explain to them that, you know, this bacteria is attached to the tooth. It's not going to come off with just a water pick. It's been sitting there for, I mean, how long has it been since COVID now, you know, and it's not going to come off with just what you're doing at home. So 
now, unfortunately, you do have those gum problems because of this kind of big gap in between coming to the dental office. And how do you go about like explaining to them the like radiographic calculus? How do you explain that to your patients? Okay, so... You know, x-rays are not my favorite thing uh, to show patients, to be honest. I do it, but I feel like they don't know what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a big fan of the intraoral camera. It is my jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I take pictures of everything, not just the amount of buildup that they have. If they have a broken tooth, if they have an amalgam that has been there forever and it started to need a crown now. I take a picture of that because patients look at x-rays and no matter what you say to them, they're not going to understand. But when you do take a picture of their mouth, oh, that's another level. Wait a minute. That's my time? <laughs> Wait, why is it, why is it there? Like, what is, why is that yellow thing in there? Yeah. I, and I say, well, this is the things that you're not, you don't, you can't see at home because, you know, it's not like you go in the mirror and look at the back of your teeth. Nobody does that, yeah. right? So the intraoral camera is the best thing that you can do for those patients and explain. And and sometimes, because I have had patients that don't have that supracalculus, but they do have packets, you know what you do? You get that camera too. You get an assistant to help you. And you put the probe in it. Mm-hmm. You see how far it's going? This is not normal. Take a picture of their mouth. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. use extras, but mm-hmm. and you know what I do? So because uh, I don't know how um, the office is set up, but we have TVs um, in the front of the patient. I left that picture in there. The whole appointment, I leave it there. While they're thinking about, oh, how much money I have to, that picture is there to remind them that it's going yeah. to be continued if you don't do anything about it. Yeah. Leave it there. It's their picture. That's so good. I mean, like, I love all of that. I love that. Putting the probe, like, I honestly, I've never done that. But that is such a good point. To oh, live. you have to. I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't done that before. So that's awesome. I, I do use um, x-rays as like before and afters. I do like to show them, you see all these things sticking off the side of your teeth, like this is what we cleaned off. And then if I can, I like to grab a piece of the calculus and show them like, this is that thing I showed you in the x-ray that's hanging off of your tooth. And then and there you go. Yeah, and we also yeah, have, have like a compliment that X-ray. Remember, they don't understand X-ray. Yeah. What you do? Yeah, and so and when then, you show them what you just take out and the bleeding and everything. Yeah. Wait, that was in my mouth. Yeah, when people see the big chunks of calculus, that is like a big eye opener for them. And I always tell them, this is like having a splinter in your finger. If you have a splinter and you leave it there, oh, you're gonna get an I infection. Like that. Yeah, I'm like, you're going to get an infection, it's going to be puffy, it's going to be red, and it's going to bleed. If you don't take that splinter out, you're never going to heal. So that's usually what I will tell them. And then we have like a periodontal typodont too that has like calculus on it too. So sometimes I'll take that out and also show them too. And it has like mobility on it and frication involvement. I have that one. That was my typodont in school. Yeah, I like that one. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But I I think um, one of the best things is showing them the chunks of calculus yeah showing them you know in their own mouth mm-hmm. you know because 
you know, you can have so many pictures, so many books of periodontal disease and all this pamphlet and everything. Yes, give it to them. But at the end, you know, you have to show them what they have. Okay, because they're like, oh, but, you know, someone told me that hurts. That someone is different. Even if you have a twin, you do not have the same teeth. Yeah. Okay, let me talk to you about your experience, what you have. Yeah. Okay? So you have to make sure that you make it about them because it is about them, you know? And, again, this is all preventative. So sometimes I like to use, okay, the procedure. I don't say skin and book cleaning. They don't know, but that's a dental world, okay? A dental world. You have to say a non-surgical periodontal treatment. Oh, what's perio? Well, what we just talked about, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and yeah, and then, and then after that, then I like to say this is a teamwork. Don't put it on me. Don't you think because I do all this beauty in your mouth, it's a result because it's not. Okay, you know, once you lose bone, you cannot get it back. We all know that. But we can maintain it at the level that it is. But you have to help me at home. Flossing, brushing, um, get an electric toothbrush. It's 2022. Why don't you have one? Seriously. Oh, that's my favorite subject. I Seriously, that's my favorite subject. <laughs> Every time I bring up the electric toothbrush, every single, every other patient say to me, you know, you should be in sales. I say, this is not about me. I'm not making many money. Yeah, this is passion. This is passion. (laughs) And then I remind them, the doctor will be making a lot of money if you don't get the toothbrush, if you don't floss, if you don't continue. You know, this is teamwork. You and I work together. And it's just very satisfying that someone listens to you and then they come back three months after. Yeah. And, and and they see the difference and they say, oh my God, I don't have bad breath anymore. My gums don't bleed. So I know. You know, if someone touches your skin, your hand, and it bleeds, wouldn't you be concerned? Yeah. Why are you not concerned about the mouth? You know? Yeah. Did you like to eat? Guess what do you use to eat? Your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one because I love saying I think everyone does yeah it's like the best yeah, it's one of my know, favorite things especially when, when it's a tooth on the back and they're like oh just pull it out do you like to eat oh yes I do it's not the front tooth and I say you know the front tooth it's just aesthetically pleasant to see it but it doesn't really do anything can for you can you choose steak with your front you teeth in the back do a lot for you they do they really do I love all yeah. of those tips. Those are such great advice. And I can't wait to take a f- photo with the probe in there. Um, and then I'll be like, oh, I got this from Paola. <laughs> you need to tag me, please. <laughs> ah, I will. I will. Well, Paola, <laughs> thank you so much for being on this episode of Brush with Brit. Everybody is going to love hearing your talk about periodontal disease. And I think it's definitely going to help them along the way, too. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. And um, if you can, please tell the listeners your handle and where they can connect with you one more time okay so my handle is paola so it's so that's how you say my name paola paola it's not paola it's not paola <laughs> okay uh, paola so it's p as in peter letter a letter o l a underscore r d h 15 
Yes. Thank you so much. And everybody, I will leave her information in the description box of this episode. And we will talk to you guys next time. And we hope you have a really good day and happy what's today, Wednesday, but I guess it could be a different day wherever everybody else is. So thank you, Paula. Thank you, Britt. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let me end this.